You're listening to a sermon from Realm Church. We're a church based in Oakland, California. For more information about us, visit therealmchurch.com. This sermon comes to us from Pastor James Westbrook. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to Alamoth, a song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God would help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Okay. Well, hello, my name is James Westbrook. I'm the pastor at Realm Church right here in Oakland, California. And today I want to take a break from our series through the book of Acts. And I want to turn our attention uh, to the book of Psalms as we look at Psalm chapter 46. And specifically, I want to look at Psalm 46 for COVID-19. I want to see what the word says and what God may be saying through this psalm, because one question I get often, and I'm hearing often across the entire country, no doubt the world, for Christians, is what is God saying right now amidst this pandemic? What is God saying? Is He speaking? Is there something specifically that He's doing in the church that He's doing through His people in the world? I've heard people even ask the question, hey, is this one of the seals being broken in the book of Revelation? What is God saying, because here's the reality that we're seeing that this pandemic is affecting all of our lives. And for some of us, it's affecting us quicker than others. But I'm going to tell you right now, I believe that this is going to affect all of us at some point. At some point, we're all going to feel the weight of what's happening before us. And the question I want to answer to us as we are having real conversations with ourselves and with people across the, the country is what might God be saying? Because these are certainly uncertain times. And here's the thing. During uncertain times, it is important and critical for us as Christians and for any human for that matter to be anchored into that which is certain that we may be anchored, sure enough, during times of uncertainty. So if the Spirit is willing, I want to address the question today, what does God say and what is God saying for today regarding this pandemic? What is He saying to His people 
And what is he saying for our lives individually? As we look at Psalm 46, I want us to see that nearly 3,000 years ago, this, this letter or this psalm was penned, and it was penned in the form of a song. People were singing this song, and I want us to see that this song was written during dark times. Did you sing songs during dark times? Did you have certain songs that you sing, certain hymns that you sing when you are going through difficult seasons in life? They wrote this song for a very dark time in the history of Israel and in the history specifically of Judah. Right now, Judah is facing this imminent threat as it is coming down from the north and crashing in on their, their reality in the south. The Assyrian army has just ripped through the north and they have ripped through Israel to the north, the ten tribes to the north because of their idolatry and God allowed it to happen. And now they are at the footsteps of the Israelites and specifically the tribe of Judah made up of two tribes and they're coming down to Jerusalem. Side note, let me just say this, any threat that we experience, because they're certainly experiencing the threat right now. Any threat that we experience to the mind, body, and soul, it is a threat no matter what the form is. And so it doesn't matter if it's an army, an Assyrian army, or it doesn't matter if it's what we're facing today. This thing is relevant. Psalm 46 is relevant for us today. And I think there's so much encouragement here. As the Assyrians are getting closer, this is the superpower of the world. And as they're closer. I heard someone say, and this is another Lord of Rings uh, reference, but I heard someone uh, heard him say that as uh, one of the hobbits was talking to Gandalf, he says that, listen, I think actually the weight of disaster is worse than the actual disaster because your mind is going crazy. You're, you're filled with fear and anxiety and you have no idea how this thing is going to play out. And so sitting and waiting is one of the worst things that a person can feel. The question that I know that so many people are asking, and if this is not you, know that the person next to you is asking this question. Will I survive this crisis? And how will I fare at the end of this thing once we come out? How will I fare? Because they keep on adding months. They keep on adding weeks to what's going to, what this thing is going to look like and how long it's going to take to deal with this thing. I'm already hearing stories. Listen, as I set this thing up, I'm already hearing stories across the entire country of people that lost their jobs. People in our church realm, people in right now, you're, you're out of work right now because business has stopped. I know people who've started their own businesses across the country and, and they actually have to stop production and all of their dreams were placed on hold or has been squelched or put down for the time. People that cannot earn income. People are dying. The number worldwide has now reached 11,000, almost 12,000 people and things, the day seems to be growing darker. Assyrians, they declare war on Judah. And now they are surrounded and their city is surrounded by the Assyrian army. And even now, I believe we are surrounded now as we are in our houses and we cannot leave our houses. We're surrounded by this thing. Listen to what I'm about to say here. Whether the darkness that surrounds our city 
actually are the city of the things that we care most about in this world, whether it's your children, whether it's your security, whether it's your future, whatever is surrounding your city, figuratively or literally, whether that thing is led by a general or a germ, God has one response to it. And here's the response that he has for it. Listen, I am, therefore. What we see in Psalm 46 is God declaring that I am, therefore. We see that in verse 1 of chapter 46 in Psalm here. It says that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That word refuge there, it says that God is our refuge and our strength. One commentary stated that it, it literally means that a place to go quietly for protection. Picture a person going somewhere quietly that they may find protection in the, the face of a threat or in the, the face of something that, that means them harm. Now, if your children are anything like my children during storms, as the wind is howling and as the thunder is clapping, you may have your children, like my children, flying quietly in the night. They crawl in the bed and they disrupt all the things going on in terms of mommy and daddy trying to get some sleep. But they go and with audacity and with, uh, with declaration, they say, listen, I don't care if you're comfortable. I'm going to find some shelter. And mommy and daddy, your bed and your presence is the shelter. This imagery of God being a refuge is trying, is, is conveying to God's people, His covenantal people, that God is the bed. God is the parent. It is very parental language of this God who wants to be your refuge, a place that you can go to. And that place, you can't find it anywhere else. That's one of the unnerving things about this as Americans is that certainly, as Tim Keller talked about earlier this week, certainly this thing won't touch me. Certainly this is for other nations and for other people. Of course it happens, but this thing is right at our front door. This thing is actually right before us. Where will we find refuge? And we're becoming undone because there's literally nowhere we can go. Everything is interrupted. And the only refuge that we have and the only assurance that we have is what God always has been saying, as we'll be talking about a little later. God is the refuge. And that's part of the invitation that God has for us that, listen, it's okay to be afraid during this season and to experience the fear that hits your body. However, the question is, where do you go for refuge? How are you applying your faith during this season? How are you experiencing refuge? And God stands as the God of the nations and as the God of the universe saying that I am the refuge and I am your strength. And it also says that here, he is a very present help in trouble. Now, something that you need to understand about the term trouble there is that it literally translates as trouble is that God is a very present help in tight spaces. Now, have you ever been in a tight space? Have you ever experienced discouraging and uncomfortable circumstances in your life where you felt that you were in a tight space, the walls were closing in on you, and then you have nothing but a wall behind you and there is nowhere to go? I believe that that is the exact picture of what's going on with this pandemic in the world, that there is nowhere to go. See, the beauty about the gospel and the beauty about the truth of God's word is that the word, that nothing else in this world can actually take you beyond it. 
If your hope stops at the world, then once the world runs out of answers, your hope runs out of answers. See, the, the, the scriptures here and God's presence and God's reality takes us to a reality that is actually beyond this world. Thus, thus our hope is beyond the world. It says that he's a very present help when you are in tight spaces. We are surrounded by the Assyrian army. We know that they are the superpower of the world. There is nothing that makes sense about our, us rationalizing that we're able to get out of this thing in and of our own strength. But God is able... And he's a very present help. See, we don't need, right now, we don't need, and what they didn't need is a help that was distant, a help that was transcendent, meaning that a help that was so far from them that it was only theological, or only the things that you talk about in deep conversations. No, the help is present. Emphasis added, very present. He's here. And you see and you sense in the scriptures that God wants his people to know that, that I am present with you. I am very present with you in the midst of what you are experiencing right now. Crawl in my bed. Find refuge in me. I am with you no matter how tight this place is. I'm here. God is. But what God is and his isness. You have the second term here, the, the response here is, therefore, we see that in verse 2. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the seas, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. The therefore... It cannot exist without the God is. If you do not have a framework or a worldview that grounds you and anchors you into a reality that God is, you will not have a therefore in this. See, the Christian cannot, should not, dare not despair in a time like this. See, I understand why anyone would despair. I get it. I understand. I understand the temptation to do so. I get it. I do understand. Well, listen here. It's said that God is, therefore. What is the therefore? And might I, ask before, might I add, before I add the, the therefore here, not just God is, Jesus is. Because I want to actually invite us that as we're looking at, at Psalm 46, that wherever we see God is, that we've put in his place, Jesus is, that we may understand exactly who we ought to filter this through. And we see that over and over again through scripture. Luke chapter 24, as I justify my case in this, we're told that after the resurrection of Jesus, what does he do? He says that, listen, let me tell you all about how the, the, the law and the prophets proclaim who I am. And how they testify of who I am. What he's saying is that is representative that the whole Old Testament is talking about me. Let me let you know how to interpret that. We see in Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 6 that long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, which I believe that we're very much in, in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also, he created the world. 
We go on to see that I will be to him a father and he shall be to me a son talking about Jesus. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Jesus is literally the center and the filter by which we ought to see God. Do you want to know who God is? You just look at who Jesus is. Colossians 1, 15, 17, I'll read this last one so we can understand that when we look at Psalm 46 and we talk about who God is, we're talking about who Jesus is of Nazareth. Colossians 1, 15 through 17 says this, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. When we're talking about the God of the Old Testament, the word here is Elohim. We're talking also about the second person of the Trinity by which we understand who God is. God is, therefore. Jesus is, therefore. During times of crisis, Christian people of God, you can have a therefore testimony that you can declare and not in a superficial way, but in a real way, you can have a therefore testimony that helps you to see how to experience pandemic in your life and pandemic in the the world. I love when he says that therefore we, God's people in the earth, no matter if you belong to Realm Church or, or any other gospel-centered church in the world, we have a right to declare this. Because Jesus is, therefore, and therefore, everything that happens in our life, including right now, needs to be seen in light of God is, therefore. Do you see what I'm doing here? Because God is, therefore, let's see what the therefore and the weightiness and the effectiveness of the therefore has in light of the fact that God is. And as I even talk about this, he says Selah, which means pause in a song that signaled that this is a time to pause and to think about what I'm saying. Selah, pause, think about that. Well, let's say la for a second and think about what he's saying. He said that God is therefore, therefore what? Therefore, though the mountains be moved, Though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble, though everything is happening all around us, though I'm experiencing change in the world, though the economy crashes, though I have threats of or fears of running out of money and running out of resources, what does all of this mean? And how is God life going to look after this thing? Therefore, or though these things happen, or though these things face us, the though is though they happen, God still is. And that's the beauty of, of this invitation is that while things change and things are always changing, there is no changing God. God is immutable and he is the anchor that says that, listen, though these things happen and though we have all these things happening around us and though we have imminent threat all around us, I am. I want you to hear what I'm saying. I know that we are afraid, some of us, many of us. But there's an invitation that Psalm 46 gives us because they have every reason to believe that all things will end and that their demise is right before them. Therefore, though these things happen, God still 
is, what is it that God wants us to know? And I think that this here's what I believe God is specifically saying for Realm Church. Here's what I believe God is saying. um, uh, This is what I believe God is saying for the church at large, especially for um, the American church, especially for the American church. Because I believe that there's ways in which the American church doesn't understand this point uh, as our brothers and sisters across the world who are suffering already. I think the, the thing that I want to see is that In Psalm 46, we see that there's a plan and there's positioning going on. Though God is, because God is, therefore, all of these things that we face in life may actually change. They may actually be before us. God still is. Nothing has changed that. But the thing that God wants his people to see in Psalm 46 and what God wants us to see even today is that there is actually a plan and there's actually positioning going on that we need to understand and that we need to see. Let me go ahead and jump into what this looks like in verse 10 and 11 as I get ready to close here. The psalmist says, after declaring all of the ways in which God has made provision for them, and listen, God made provision for Jerusalem by making sure that they had everything that they needed, and God positioned that thing perfectly. As a matter of fact, the Syrian army that surrounded the city was destroyed by God himself. But what we're going to see here is something that God is inviting all of us to, Realm Church, Christian, listen, this is what God is inviting you to. And if you're not a Christian, if you don't believe in this Jesus that we are declaring, the invitation is for you to actually look in. And this invitation and this table that we're setting is for you as well. Look at verse 10 and 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. We have a couple of invitations here. God is telling His people right now. Psalm 46 for COVID-19. God is telling His people right now, be still and know that I am God. Do not become frantic, y'all. Do not become frantic during this period. And not only that, you don't have to become frantic. We do not want to turn into functional atheists in our lives as if God is not on the throne, whether there is an army at your door, or as I said, through a general, or whether there is a virus at your door through a germ. God is saying, be still. And I love God doing this. He's telling his people, hey, I want you to be still. And I want you to be grounded by a knowledge that I am God, thus I am in control. I'm, I'm, in, I'm the God of this, this situation. I'm the God of your body. And that's demonstrated that I'm in control by this Jesus who rose from the dead after overcoming the world as demonstrated through the resurrection. Two, there is a plan in place. I want us to see this. What's the plan? The plan in Psalm 46 is the plan that I believe that God has for the church today. And I believe the Spirit wants the church to the church to hear it if we are willing to hear what the Lord is saying. It says that what's the plan? It says that be still and know that I am the Lord, I, that I am God. What? I will be exalted in the nations. The plan is for God to be exalted in the nations. Nearly 3,000 years ago, that was the plan of God. 3,000 years before that, that was the plan of God. 
3,000 years later, that is the plan of God. God is still making and orchestrating and moving things into position that he may be exalted in the land. God's glory through the proclamation of the gospel and through the survival and flourishing and advancing of the kingdom of God through the church will not be thwarted. And God is still doing the same thing. I love this God. He, said that, he didn't say that I may be exalted. He didn't say that, that I think I will be exalted. This is the sovereign God who's saying that I will be exalted. Don't worry about the army that's outside of your door. I got you. Be still. Know that I am God. And I want you to know that I will be exalted, not just in this local place, but I will be exalted actually in the entire world. My reality will permeate all other realities. He says that I will be exalted through the world, that plan is still going forward even till this day. I want you to know that God is still putting a plan into position. But one thing I need you to understand, and I want you to understand, because this, this scripture came to me and it rained heavily in my spirit as I, we were going through a time of prayer on Tuesday. Psalm 46 filled me up and, and I said that I, we, we certainly must pick, take a pause from Acts Chapter 21 through 23, I want us to see this, that in God's plan of allowing suffering, there's always purging that plays a part in the plan. God has a plan that will ultimately result in his glory and exaltation in the exaltation of Jesus in the earth. A part of the plan that God uses when he's using suffering is that there must be purging and purification that's a part of the plan well how do i know that how do you know that preacher we know that by looking in scripture to see how god actually uses purging and excuse me uses suffering in our lives first peter 1 6 and 7 as the church was facing suffering and as they're being persecuted and scattered all over the place this is what peter says in this you rejoice Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's laying before us this cosmic reality that when God allows us to go through various trials and various sufferings, that we should look at it as God taking us as precious metal through fire, that we may be purged of the imperfections that rises through the top, that we, uh, that, that, that the imperfections may be swept away and the, the, the reality of that will be revealed at the, at the revelation of Jesus at his coming. When God allows suffering in the church, when God allows suffering in your life, he is also 
allowing for a purging and purification to happen. And let me just speak, if I can speak here for a second. I believe we all sense this in the Spirit. I believe we all sense this. And my deepest desire, as I've been talking with so many Christians across the world, is that I, my hope is that in all of the ways that God needs to purge, needs to purge the church in America, my desire, my hope for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of God and people coming to the Lord, my prayer is that we see that God needs to purge his people of things. Like Israel, over and over again, we have been faced and we have been found wanting, falling into the same temptation of bowing to idols of the surrounding culture. The church being filled with things that it ought not be filled with. The church becoming a machine of our carnival that's meant to just appease our earthly and worldly appetites. We are now in a position and God knows what He's doing. You think it's by coincidence that the Lord will shut down the show and shut down what we have all made it. I'm not pointing fingers at any church. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and said that, Lord, what have I done with your church? Now the church has been rid of all of the gimmicks, all of the tricks, all of the lights, camera action, all of it. Except you're the camera. I'm speaking to you right now. But now we're faced to actually get to the bare necessities. And as as if God is pressing reset on the church as we advance further into the last days, it's as if God is purging the church. The church remains. It will continue to grow in its uh, social advantage. And as it happens, I believe that God will continue to raise up a remnant as he is purging his church of all of the cultural imperfections and all of the things that we've made it that God doesn't want. It is now time out for acting. It is now time out for this American simple apathetic type of faith. And I believe this challenges us to be genuine because the faith is actually tested The genuineness of the faith is tested during suffering. And I pray, God, and I hope that you pray that you that you welcome that God will do all that he needs to, that we may come out different on the other side of the suffering. And let me just end our time with this, that there may be a purge that needs to happen for us corporately. And there may be purification and purging that needs to happen to the church personally. But I want to say that there may be some of you that said that, hey, I have walked away from the church. More specifically, I've walked away from a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And some of us know that we're not walking with the Lord as we ought to. Some of us, for the first time, we're interacting with the question, is there a God? Is he personal? And can I know him? And not only that, what is he saying to me? Let me tell you that I want you to know that as you're probably realizing your own mortality in the world right now, meaning that you are vulnerable in this world, I want you to know that God is calling you right now. It's through suffering that I heard Tim Keller say earlier this week that we reprioritize our priorities. Do not wait until the suffering of our deathbeds to reprioritize. Do it now in the midst of this suffering. And the first thing that I'm going to encourage you to do is realize that God is. 
And as you realize that God is, therefore, what is God calling you to do? Church, what is God calling you to do? What is God calling you to do, individual? What is God calling you to do, person that doesn't believe in God or know that God is bidding them to come back? And I stand here proclaiming the gospel to you that God invites you as he is orchestrating things throughout history and allowing our sins and allowing our missteps and allowing things to happen in the world to us as we go through suffering. God is allowing this that it may work to the good of those who love the Lord and called according to his purpose. But God wants to also call you. And he says that, listen, I am too holy for you to approach me by yourself. If you want to know and you want to come to me, I come in the form of a man by the name of Jesus. Jesus then tells us that if you want to know the Father, you come through me because there's no way to get to God except through me. God's invitation is for you to enter into his fold by repenting, which means to turn from your sin. In this time, for such a time as, as this, turn from your sin, turn from your way of living that is devoid of God and turn to God through Jesus Christ. His invitation is for you to be baptized, repent and be baptized. And now maybe more than ever, it's time for you to reach out. I want to hear from you. I want to pray with you. And I want you to be connected with other churches across the country, across the bay. And even if God has it for you to be a part of Realm Church. And I leave this with you, what God leaves to uh, Judah during this time. Verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. God is with us. God is with you. And what is God saying to the church right now? He's saying what he's always been saying, y'all. That I am. Trust me. Father, may that be our song as we sing in the midst of turbulent times that you are. And we will trust you. Amen.